it out. Chant it out. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Tonight, we're going to do a quick on the COVID show where we kind of talk about shelter in place and what we've been going through as uh, the three of us on our, our essential work throughout this time. And to just kind of reach out to you, the fans, let you know we're here and we're trying to find an alternative way to record without us being in the same room and still bring some content out there to you so chris christian how you doing boys doing good yeah man doing good good to you know be together again even if it's digitally in these trying times but i'm glad glad we're all here and you know glad everybody's healthy most everybody's you know parked on their couch and locked in their house and the three of us have been working working like dogs trying to uh you know get yeah. ourselves through this moment you know with with each of us individually in three very different fields but all definitely deemed essential at the moment and working pretty hard. For sure, staying super busy, even though I don't have to commute into downtown. They've made it possible so I can work and work even more than before. So doing that yeah, from it's home. crazy, man. Working those long hours, both of you guys. At least my schedule's still the same, but you guys are both working crazy hours, which is good, yeah. though, you know? Yeah, I'm not complaining. Money keeps you busy. I'm so many people out there without work right mm -hmm. now, and obviously, you know, it's a terrible situation to be in. You wouldn't wish that on anybody, so... I guess we're just fortunate right now to be working, to be, you know, still able to do that week in and week out. It is uh, there's a lot of work right now. It's a little, a little scary work right now, at least in my face, you know, uh, being customer facing. That's, uh, you know, that's a little different having to wear the mask and the gloves and still, you know, be interacting with people on a daily basis. That's definitely a very different interaction than we were seeing a month ago. But it has been a crazy month to say the least so how are you guys staying sane uh what are you guys watching what are you guys up to in terms of staying busy i'm trying to read more uh obviously watching netflix i know we briefly talked about tiger king earlier but watching other shows but trying to do more documentaries or things that i'm interested in on youtube or netflix to educate myself on things that i didn't have time to do before and like like you said earlier, just you know, staying busy, work, but also trying to be mindful and going on walks, playing with my dogs, trying to get blood flow since I'm not out and about as I used to be, or my wife and I aren't out and about as we used to be. Yeah, I'm not really doing a whole lot, man. I come home from work and my kids who have been cooped up because of the rain want to play. So I'm playing with my sons pretty much all day. And if at the end of the day, Sandy and I get a chance to watch an hour of a show we might but uh, we watched the english game that was good that was a good short series that was uh you know and, uh, i i liked it because it showed a lot of the history of how the game started in england and it was you know very interesting i know the scottish fans are happy because it highlights the fact that the first two paid players were both scotsmen right for yeah. blackburn rovers right isn't that the yeah that's i correct. need to watch it it's good no i i really enjoyed it like some of my takeaways were it was interesting that the fa was put in this light of progressiveness which is not always true even though it shows that it was fighting to not allow professional players to be allowed but i think it kind of foretold that they didn't want to be part of Europe, part of the World Cup, and also still not really adjusting their regular season program to the Champions League. So there's still some things that they feel superior to. And I think it, it's from the inception of the FA that they have some of that uh, sense of 
hierarchy because they set the initial rules to the game. So more importantly, do you think Carol killed her husband? Oh, for sure, man. Uh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Guys, guys I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I don't I don't have any plans to watch Tiger King. I don't know. It's a cultural phenomenon. Hey, man, oh, there's terrible. no other way to really understand this country unless, unless you see the full spectrum of it. That's not true. I don't buy that. Oh, 100%. Um, it's, it's out there. It's out there. So, That's so, for sure. So, okay. Well, something soccer-related that uh, I really like that Defenders of the Bank have been doing is that they had been posting daily documentary or series recommendations. Yeah. And there's definitely been a couple of series that I've forgotten that I wanted to look at or I, didn't, I never had a chance to uh, that I didn't even know about. And, uh, you know, so there's definitely been a couple of those that I've had a chance to, to look at, and they were pretty good. Um, Which one? Uh, the, this is Soccer on Amazon Prime, where it, yeah. um, I've only gone through three of them. The very first episode was talking about the these Liverpool fans that are in Africa. Yep. And then the second episode was um, the U.S. women's national team uh, versus Japan and how there's the rivalry from the uh, 2015 Women's National Cup, uh, where the women lost in the championship game to Japan. I forget what the third episode was, but I've only gone through half of that. But there was that, and then uh, the se- second season of uh, Sunderland Till I Die is out, which uh, I've gotten like halfway through that too, and that's pretty good. No, those are good series. I haven't seen Sunderland, but I did did watch This Is, this is Football or This Is Soccer, and that was really good. I got yeah. to catch a couple uh, archived MLS games that... Uh... I was able to kind of DVR and check those out when I got home after work. So they had a day in which like they had four galaxy games on back to back to back to back and they lost all four games. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. So I, Culmin- I, I culminating did... with uh, the loss against us in the champion or the playoffs. So I got to watch that game with LAFC versus Carson. And then I watched uh, a game versus San Jose. That was uh, one of the cup finals. I'm totally drawing a blank on which one it was. It's amazing how far watching some of those old MLS games, how different just the soccer is now. Like how much the game has progressed in the United States when you go back and watch some of those late 90s, early 2000 games. You can really see a difference in quality on the pitch between what we were seeing then and what we're seeing now. I agree with you. I think that the star players would still be able to play in this modern game, but I think from 1 through 11, it's just like super top-heavy back then. It was like one or two good players and the rest are just kind of kicking the ball and making or, or relying on those playmakers to make the plays. Versus now you have a solid five to six stars versus the rest is like really good players. So it's like more complimentary, more equilibrium in the league too. Yeah, it's it's more of a complete team today. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, but the other thing that has been going on for any of our listeners that's not aware is that LAFC is actively putting out content the club is trying to put out content to get us to continue to find ways to be involved and touch base and they've got all sorts of things from dj nights where a dj in the community uh, you know plays music on kind of like a group chat forum or uh the um, trivia nights on tuesday no yeah tuesday nights 8 p.m the trivia night and i think the djs are like local fm station djs on instagram live right and they're just streaming live and people are able to join and kind of I guess have a virtual dance party and drink and i know we're sponsored by hornitos 
and Heineken. So bring bring your drinks and partake in the festivities. But they, I mean, if you go to uh, lafc.com forward slash connect, you can see the schedule of events like this upcoming weekend on Saturday. They've got uh, a flashback match. Uh, they also have uh, the rewind for uh, LAFC uh, versus the Red Bull. And then on Monday, they've got a LAFC in 30 where we're going to play FC Dallas from 2019. And then Tuesday again is a uh, turbo trivia. Watch out for uh, LAFC Zach B. Right, that's what Rich is saying that he's Zach Brown. Cheater. Exactly. <laughs> although, although the scarf, the scarf's dude, he's a formidable opponent, and I know he's not cheating. But yeah, no, he oh, Rich, memorizes Rich. all of oh, those yeah. facts just in J- case. Jr. Jr. is leaps and bounds, like the most impressive of of all the people that have played so far. He has an ability to memorize all those little factual details that. You know, and for those, I mean, every single one of us has watched every minute of every LAFC game, but he just remembers little nuances and stuff that, you know, escapes me when I'm yelling and screaming for 90 plus in the North End. So it's uh, it's amazing how we all have watched the same game, but have totally different memories associated with each one. One of the things the club's been putting out is they were tweeting out of all the games that could be replayed. What would be some of your favorite games to be replayed? Just kind of curious your thoughts on it. If you could sit down and and plug in any one random game aside from the big stuff we've already seen like you know the the derbies you know the playoff games but as far as the random one-off games go which one would you want to sit down and watch i would say my favorite game is probably the rain game and if i could go back and watch one that had that crazy rain delay uh, mostly because when everybody else left the stadium, uh, I just went to the very front and stood there in the rain and was still singing that whole time. And then people slowly started to come back in and fill the stands in the North end. And then the whole North end was just going crazy. And I don't even know if that ever got caught on the broadcast because that was all during the rain delay, but that whole experience culminating in that. And then when the team finally came back out, the energy had built up to a point where, like you just you just wanted to explode at that point because there'd been so much tension and so much buildup. Moments like that always just kind of lead to like this amazing effect. Like I remember one time I went to go see a band play live. You know how like the lights always go dark right before the band goes on stage, right? So I go to see this one band and the lights go dark and they started just playing this sort of monotonous noise in the background. And for 30 minutes, the noise just got slowly louder and louder and louder and louder until people were just losing their minds. Then all of a sudden, snap, the band starts playing and the song kicks in and the noise kicked out. And I just remember like the anticipation and that buildup was very similar in the rain game to that moment where there was like so much you knew this was about to happen. But then when it finally started in again, you were just on a different energy level because of the anticipation. No, oh, yeah, that one's that one's for sure. Um, you know, That's one of my I, favorite. Oh, yeah, I mean. Favorite live games, for sure, that one. You know, I very much liked the match against DC United when Wayne Rooney got the red card. That's a game that stands out to me that I, I, I enjoyed, that I probably would like to see again. Yeah, the Vela v. Rooney, that was a that was like number one versus number one at the time, yeah. Yeah, at that point, both teams were projected to go to the MLS Cup, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking of that match, DC United match, but like, and then I was thinking, which one would I want to see in person versus on TV? So then I went with the San Jose game, and like, I would love to re-experience it. And I came up in my phone as like a year ago. This is what was going on, right? Uh, so I have pictures from the bus ride, the tailgate, you know, the walk into the stadium. 
the taking over of that stadium and then the 5 nil with you know some ridiculous curlers and plays that are you know LAFC played beautifully that game I I would love to have that experience again if we're kind of taking out uh, Galaxy games right that, no, that just... whole experience was that's when you and I took the bus up together and back we yeah. had the infamous interview with Ray that is somewhere on your wife's phone as a video because we lost the audio to it that yeah. will surface one day. I mean, there's so many cool things around that 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 experience. Yeah. No, that was one of my favorite memories for sure. You know, I just realized when you were like how you're talking about in-person games versus on TV games. Jonathan mentioned the Houston game. One of the other games that I was thinking about that I would like to see was the one where we won the supporter shield, right? And it made me realize that like my my two probably non-opening day non-derby matches that are my favorite are the two games against houston because of just the significance of the events of the day you know and i just i wonder then you know if there's any just coincidence to it you know it just all just happens to also be against the same team and stuff like that yeah that was your first north end game as well too so you didn't get to really take in the action as much as you would uh in a normal sitting for you right exactly yeah also the honorable mention san jose open cup uh houdini goal that was a oh, yeah. that was that was a good it was a good overall match, but that was icing on the cake for sure. There's a couple good ones, yeah. So other events that LAFC are also participating in are the EMLS. Remy Martin representing the black and gold. You know, for those of you that haven't heard, uh, we are definitely obviously not able to watch live games. So you know, we have our <laughs> EMLS uh, representative going and playing uh, different esports affiliated teams uh, throughout the MLS. So we started off against the Galaxy, and he then he played uh, FC Dallas, and his next game is tomorrow. And I think he's playing uh, the Whitecaps EMLS representative. Did you guys get a chance to check that game out? The one against uh, FC Dallas or the Galaxy? Checked out the Galaxy for sure. And I, I tuned in, I think, at the beginning of the rubber match, the third game. And that was an intense game. Like I, I felt almost as anxious as, as watching an actual match because, you know, it was winner take all. He was losing at the end of the match. And then the it was really, yeah, it was really odd. Like it was so realistic where it was like Carlos Vela right outside the box and the curler top left. It, like it was, you know, like it was watching a real game at the stadium or even yeah. on TV. Like, he scored it in the same way. And what was cool was, you know, Max has been kind of commentating. And he had a chance to to talk to both uh, Remy Martin, Godfather, from the Galaxy. And Remy Martin talks about how FIFA sometimes takes the attributes of the actual players. And since this is something that Vela does in real life, you know, it, it, he's able to do it in FIFA. And he got us that tie where that took us to that fourth match. And then he, he just romped them. So that was very satisfying to watch. Just because there's this lack of real games it was, across was the world, but it was cool. Go ahead. I was definitely shocked to to see how into it I actually got. You know, like sure. I've never been, I've never been the type of person to watch somebody else play video games, and I couldn't help but you know the first game we went up two nil, and I was like, oh, okay, this is it's not that great. Like it was whatever, right? It's like yeah, he scored two goals, cool. And then the second game when Remy didn't score any goals, and then it's like, oh, okay, it's one one. And I was like, yeah, well, he, but he he beat him handily the first game. He'll beat him handily the third game, dude, no problem. And then the third game comes and he goes down, and I'm like, oh wow, all right, well, 
this isn't cool. Like, I don't want to, even though it's an EMLS game, like, I don't want to have the Galaxy having any bragging rights for anything. And, you know, so when that goal went in, the game time goal that led to the fourth game, I was I was literally like, yeah, all right. I was like, cheering <laughs> and getting behind it. <laughs> I had to work through both games, unfortunately. I did try and take like a a 10 minute break. I I don't even think I got 10 minutes, but just tried to like pop in and throw a donation up real quick and watch two, three minutes of it before I had to get back out. The donations, man, the it was so great because the the money came all the way through the LAFC Foundation and all the proceeds went to people who could benefit from the funds due to the COVID-19. And LAFC, man, like originally the goal for the first game was $3,252. We exceeded that, I think, in the middle of the third game, or maybe is it the end of the second game? We exceeded it, and then the new goal became 5000 and then we exceeded that goal. Uh, and I think at the end of the game, the end of the first game, the first game, that- four games against yeah. the Galaxy, we ended up having over like $5,300. And then I looked at the total after the um, FC Dallas game, and then now it was an additional like $2,000. So now, so far between the two games combined, we've raised almost $7,500. Amazing. Yeah. Blew the Galaxy out of the water on that in terms of donations too. So I was happy about that. I would have rather seen the Galaxy fans shell out some money for a good cause. I think they were donating to a local food bank or something like that, if I remember correct. And it's like... They they only raised like a few hundred bucks, and we're talking about five G's LAFC raise. That's come on. I mean, even wow. for them, that's yeah. I do know that LAFC does a really good job of promoting um, Remy to the community, and I I you know I have no idea how LA the Galaxy's uh, PR department handles their stuff, but it's obviously apparent that. LAFC is doing it right by the way that everybody is behind Remy and everybody is looking out for each other in the community. And it just goes to show the difference in cultures between the two. It is pretty funny being at a liquor store in the break room cheering on Remy Martin that uh, definitely got some <laughs> odd looks from my coworkers that are like, why are, you, why are you cheering about cognac? This makes no sense. <laughs> I definitely know I know more about the Remy Martin Cognac than I know about the guy, but congrats to Martin. Looks like he's out there killing it. So it's good to see. I'll take W's in any form, whether it's digital or on the pitch. What are you guys thinking might be some alternatives for how the season is going to play out? Do you guys think that they're just going to kind of do a partial season? Do you think they're going to cancel the season? You know, I mean, and I would say, you know, we need to have several ideas you know if if games if practices are able to start up again in july versus you know august versus september like all of those different timelines are going to set up different outcomes you know well i think it's going to start with closed door games i think it's going to start with them playing in empty stadiums and then they're slowly going to work its way back hopefully to the point where fans are entering I think it's, we're still probably not going to be able to get the complete number of games in and the end of the season is likely to be pushed back. And I, I think it's a combination of all three of those things. I think getting started earlier with sequestered players playing in empty stadiums, transitioning into an abridged season that is extended. And I think those are the three things that are going to have to happen uh, unless they want to scrap the whole season. And Monetarily, I just don't think that's the right move for the league. 
So I, I think that's probably what's going to happen if, if I had to guess. I agree. I think um, ultimately um, closed door games for sure, but I think it's going to be an abbreviated season and straight into the playoffs. I think the season going to be like a couple months maybe, to be honest with you. And that's me yeah, being right. very pessimistic, but that's me also being realistic. Well, I it makes was, my heart I, to think of games being played in empty stadiums, though. Sorry. I agree. Well, yeah, no. I, given the circumstances, I'll take empty stadiums over no games. There was an article that I read. I forget where, but somebody was saying uh, 12 weeks, each team plays everyone in their own conference once, and that will establish the hierarchy within the conference, and then you go straight into the playoffs. So it's a three-month season. That's almost what that. Liga Mekis says, basically. Yeah. Oh, really? except uh, except there's 18 teams, so you play 17 games, I think, total. Yeah. Yeah. But you have two seasons a year. That's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, but I just I thought that that was a good suggestion. You know, if given the time restraint, yeah, you know, it's like okay, hey, just play all the teams in the West once, and that will establish you know the first through seventh, and and then we go into the playoffs. Yeah. So there's an idea that's been kicked around. Curious to hear your thoughts of simply using this opportunity to realign the MLS season with the traditional European schedule. So what would you guys think about Major League Soccer just restarting the season up, you know, in August? I'm all for it. Yeah, I think that uh, like there would be a lot of positives that would come out of it. Uh, the only the biggest issues I see with it are the the states that have really really cold snowy weather and not having the draining system in place at the fields that they play on right like teams play in cold weather in europe all the time but their fields are have built-in drainage systems that are better than what's in place at, at some of the stadiums and so i think that and you don't that, think between now and august they could get that done i you know i have no idea what goes into it so i i, I wouldn't really be able to say yeah there's that undersoil I I would I would be really happy if that happened uh, for a few reasons. Just because we have a funky transfer window situation right now with the rest of the world, right? Because even if if you have that apertura clausura that you know, like Mexico and South some South American countries and Central American countries have, they kind of have the summer off, so they have a short tournament at the front of the year and then the back, right? So they can still align themselves with the main European transfer window. But we don't have that. So we have like you know, primary, secondary, like a third transfer window. And what sucks is like, let's say you have a really good player and, you know, they want to go on loan or transfer. And then there's that predicament where whether or not they're leaving at halfway through the season or they're leaving in January and they're coming back in summer and they're out of rhythm. So to avoid those kind of tactical headaches, I think realignment from that perspective, it would be good. And then if it takes investment into those like Minnesotas of the world, New York, you know, Boston area to invest, Chicago, I think it's something to be looked at. And it's something that, you know, to maybe take this opportunity. Because if you think about it, if we're going to have a longer season, this might be a match in December. And you're still never going to give opportunities to those teams to host any of those games ever in terms of a final if they're the number one seed or two seed or whatever. It doesn't, not to disparage them, but doesn't Minnesota already have uh, the drainage set up in their new stadium with the new field? 
I thought they had that subterranean equipment and, and, you know, sort of design all set up so that they could handle that. Wow, I hope so. That was, That'd be great. I thought that was one of the perks of their new stadium, but I definitely, there's a lot of other teams playing yeah. in, you know, well, turf yeah, or I mean, football. You would stadiums. think so. You would think that Minnesota would because it's a brand new stadium and it's not like they don't have snow and, 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 you know, poor weather. So you would think that that was something that they took into consideration. Plus it's modeled uh, after the Allianz, right? In Munich. Exactly. So I'm yeah. sure they have snow, but, um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely be open to it. I think that there's a lot of, I, I you know, there's a lot of things that go into making that decision that, you know, you, it then makes you wonder, well, if it was that easy and it was going to be that much more beneficial, why haven't they already done it? Yeah. Money, I guess investment costs a lot of money to do, I'm sure. No, it's, well, it's, a, mean, it's a competition against the other sports leagues in this country. That's what it is. You don't want to be competing against the NFL, the NBA during those, you know, the, during that time. That's the main thing. Well, I mean, well, I think Christian, you brought it up that Stephen A. had been, de- or maybe it was you, Jonathan, that Stephen A. had been saying for a long time to have basketball run uh, opposite, opposite the base of the NFL, right? And mm-hmm. so there might just be a revamp of a bunch of sports, you right. know. The the funny thing to me is that Europe is thinking about altering their calendar in preparation for the 2022 in order to have the world cup happen in december right because it's going to be in qatar so it's funny if we shift to go to the european schedule and they shift out of their normal schedule because they have the opportunity to do so because they're mid-season in most of their leagues and push it out to and in like november december yeah, interesting. All this talk about MLS moving could be for naught if, if the other leagues in the world move to our schedule, which who would have ever seen that coming? Yeah. Not only in 2022 with the uh, World Cup that's an issue, that now they were saying that all of these um, international games and international competitions, that, you know, everything... So UE, uh, UEFA is getting pushed back, which is then going to push back you know, uh, uh, international competition in 2021, which is then going to push back another international competition in 2022, which is then going to affect, you know, the Olympics, right? So it's like there are all of these tournaments that are reliant of the previous one that, you know, so there's definitely going to be a lot of uh, changing to come in the next couple of years. And it might just be temporary or it could be long-term. Yeah, well, it's crazy because we might get Olympics and Euros next year, right? So Right. What else is going on in the world do you want to talk about before we send our folks home? Do you guys think there's any chance that they'll just totally scrap the season? Yes. No. There's, there's a chance. I mean, the, to answer I think your it question. Would take, it's I think it would take COVID getting much worse. I, I think it would take, you know, but see, they, the I pandemic think that reaching a, a different level. I think that that's a fear that people are saying that there could be a uh, another wave later in this year. And, and the fact that nobody knows for sure, you know, I think people are a little hesitant to to just jump right in yeah the game's changed for sure it's a different world there's you know it's drawing a line in the sand here in the timeline so to speak you know i mean i think much is going to change even when this all blows over there's still going to be some big changes within community and what people think of things like a live sporting event and all this stuff so who knows who knows what we're going to see going forward yeah Yeah. i think it's a possibility that it can get scrapped. And I think a lot of it will have to do with people just knowing whether or not they've gone through it, they have it, or they have the antibodies. And it's going to be hard to just 
because the country's so huge to be able to do that for every single person, right? So I don't know. I think people's perspective is definitely going to change. Those that are, you know, risk averse and are afraid of, you know, getting sick are probably going to be less likely to come back soon. Those that are feel like they're young and invincible, they're going to be the first ones in the stadium. So we'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be an interesting time, man, for everything. And I'm bummed because this was the summer that we were going to have two uh, all-star games. And so now I wonder how that that's going to play out. You know, true. we're supposed to have the Dodgers and the LAFC and it's, that's a good point. I mean, from a sporting perspective, right? I mean, this is one of the best Laker teams we've seen in a decade. LAFC, arguably the best in the league. You got the Dodgers who, you know, could be right there at the very end with the world series. I mean, LA had, three tremendous if not more seasons stolen from us with this you know it's a it's a rough thing to go through for all of us sports fans here in la obviously you know that's from a sporting perspective there's a human perspective to all of this that we don't mean to ignore as well too and obviously you know for the people out there who are truly suffering and yet suffering in isolation through this you know our heart goes out to them and we don't mean to to make light of any of that i mean certainly we've all had our fair share of darkness that has come about through this. And the purpose of a show like this and of sports is to try and bring a little bit of light to some of those dark conversations. So, you know, don't want to gloss that over, but in the same respect, trying to keep it light for the sports fan out there. Well, so anyways, guys, it was good talking to you. I know that we've got some guests lined up. Uh, You know, we probably were going to be trying to come out with weekly content, but given the circumstances and stuff like that, you know, I just want our fans to know we haven't gone anywhere. We're still here. We're, uh, you know, always looking for opportunities. And, and this is a great time. You know, if you guys are listening to the show and you you want to tell your story, this is, you know, this is a great opportunity now. You know, come on. We'll do a, a, a Skype a Skype conversation and we'll be able to get as many people on as we want. You know, this is this really is a good opportunity. You guys come tell us your stories. We can reminisce and you know get through this together yeah apologies with all of us working we haven't really had a chance to get this technology side of it figured out we're so used to our our glorious spacious and friendly confines of shoulder to shoulder studios and we've been so blessed to have that uh to try and accommodate doing this in a different venue is uh it's been a bit of a challenge for us to work together especially me being the technologically inept person over here that is trying to do all this from my phone right that's all good. We're, we're going to move you into the 21st century now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to take coronavirus for me to buy a computer. I see how it is. <laughs> but computers get viruses too. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So, with that said, we miss you guys. Be sure to leave us a comment, subscribe, and rate the podcast on uh, everywhere you get your podcast. And uh, follow us at LAFCS2S on all your social media handles. And uh, send us an email or give us a message on social media if you're interested in coming on. And we'll be sure to, you know, find a way to get you guys on, tell your story. And uh, with that, Chris, Christian, Jonathan, we all say bye to you guys and uh, take us home, Sticks. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC Dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They won't need a stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.